Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another wonderful episode of the Nosh Posh. This is your host, Scorch Camel, right here, and I got another wonderful guest for you. I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce yourself, boss. Yo, what up, everyone? My name is Goodface. Uh, real name is Rodolfo Monroe. I was born and raised in Stockton, California. What was your host name again, dude? Scorch Camel. Scorch Camel. Where'd you get that from? So I think this is like the third episode I've talked uh, about it a little bit. Um, yeah, it's an interesting name, right? Fire. You know what I mean? Scorch Camel. That sounds lit as fuck. I like it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, like uh, that. I approve. I approve. I was I was watching this movie called The Beach Bum and Matthew <clears throat> McConaughey, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like a um, it's a very interesting movie. You know, that's a topic for another day. But his name in the movie, but Matthew, Matthew McConaughey, is, is a good dude. Yeah, he good really guy. is. Good guy. He's he's an interesting character. Um, okay. He his name was Moon Dog. Oh yeah, he's Moon Dog. He's Moon Dog, and so. Whoa. I took the idea of like, man, I really like uh, philosophy. With Snoop Dogg, right, right, I yeah. know that film. I really, I really like uh, philosophy and stuff. And Diogenes mm-hmm. is a philosopher I like, and he likes dogs already. And I was like, bro, I love the nighttime. <laughs> I was like, but he already took the name Moon Dog, so I need to think of something else. And right. since I'm Arab, and I really, I really, my favorite animal is a camel. Yeah. Like I just, I was like camel, and then I was like, oh, bro, I, I, I rap, I spit fire, yeah. scorch, scorch right. camel, you know? scorch camel, scorch camel. So. Uh, shout out Moon Dog. That film is. <laughs> great that is a, yeah dude it was like that and it was, was like awesome. i don't know if you know a lot about philosophy like you're a very intelligent person but I sometimes do. people just you know don't don't think to philosophy i don't really know I love it. uh that's you know why about, i like the film so much because it's it's like a philosophical point of view on everything you know right what did you what did you think of the, phil- From uh, the film yeah well i thought that the film basically like brings out the purpose of life where it's like nothing else matters you know except to be yourself and in, in that film, he he like he's like drunk, but everybody loves him because he's such a good guy, you know. And, and he kind of reaches a low point because uh, Snoop Dogg's banging his wife, but <laughs> right. when she passes, she leaves nothing to him. And so I think like uh, until he publishes the book, right? And the whole point is like him getting the book published out and stuff like that. I I watched the film twice. I don't usually watch films twice unless I really like them. And I right. enjoyed that film because I'm an actor, so I could see myself in Matthew McConaughey's position playing that role. Uh, and, and it's cool to me that you said uh, you got inspiration from your name from that film. It's a great film. It honestly. is. It's, it's fire. I, I, I thought of him as, a, I don't know if you know about Eastern philosophy, but Taoism. Uh, yes. Taoism is, is a Studied is Eastern idea. philosophy in college. That's good. That's Man, it's all about sharpening your, your mind, you know, your intellect and having different... I like the Jainism. Yeah, Jain- like, yeah Jainism. Mm. It was like... <laughs> almost Buddhism but it was just a lot better for me and so some of the beliefs that I have strain from that and then the wheel of Dharma is cool you know those those were all like very attractive um, religions to me that I enjoyed studying and it helped in my music it did it, right. it helped me see how I can write things from a bigger point of view yeah I like that about you because I've noticed ever since the first time I ever met you you have that calm intellect about you you know what I mean and with that with that movie there's the same kind of comments like where I could see that you'd like it a lot, and I, yeah. I believe it's Taoist, in my opinion. That's what Moondog was. He was like a Taoist, Taoist priest, yeah. Because they believe in drinking wine, they believe in like just living life and dancing and mm-hmm. doing this stuff. And he had poetry, and you know, they always think about like yeah. make every breath you take like poetry or every dance you take like a like a stanza of poetry. He's all banging the girl out in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, mom away, mom away. Like that's hella funny, but some people live their life like that. And, exactly. And, and the way that they portrayed the character, Matthew McConaughey played it perfect. Was like. A guy who's just still in the youthful age part of his life, you know, because mm-hmm. his mindset, where where his mind was at, was really set. So I, I liked it. I love that film. 
I'm gonna have to rewatch it again. <laughs> <laughs> For the third time, yeah. Uh, hell yeah. Third time's the charm. I always talk about a three-step process that I have right now mm. about business. And uh, I'm gonna pimp your shit for a second, you know what yeah. I mean? Cause you're an actor. Yeah. You give out hella charity, bro. Like all the time, all you and Detroit and everybody, bro. Like y'all yeah. are really, really, I'm gonna have Detroit on here. You got already. Serious P. Yeah, Serious P. And, uh, and Abby hopefully, and a bunch of other people, you know what I mean? Yeah. And especially cause like, you know, I got a, I got a rep Stockton, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's well, for sure. There's a lot of artists, not just in Stockton, but in Manteca, Modesto, Modi, you know, Tracy. They're all out here, man. Yeah, and I, I really, I really like um, the three-step process. I always yeah. say is, is uh, you have to say something to somebody, mm. they have to listen, they have to listen. That's like the almost the most important step of this, and then they have to say it back to you. You know what I mean? And like we were talking about, or a little bit earlier before the podcast, you were hanging out with your, or you were talking on the phone with your manager and this old For rap group you hour, had. Hour, yeah. And then I, I hang out with you, and we're doing a podcast, and then. And then Brandon shows up and everything Brandon like that. Brandon Leake and Peter Powers. And that, wow, that I, was wild. Right. That's 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 like a power move right there that just happened. The yeah. universe was like, there you go. Here you, you go. Know what I mean? No, I, and I've been wanting to link up with Peter. I just said his name earlier because of uh, what he does. And then Brandon because he won the golden ticket for the show. Exactly. So he was like, hey, uh, me and Kyle are going to link up. I want you there. He didn't have to tell me that. Right. But obviously he told me that because he likes my energy. And I, I love his energy. Since I first met him as a kid, I'm like, yo, this guy's got way more talent than me. He's just raw, you know? And then he has his kid and his wife. I was actually with his wife during the protests that were happening in Stockton. She was by herself with her baby. And I'm looking around. I'm like, this is the only white woman here with the baby. And everybody else is, like, chilling like it's normal, you know? So I decided to stay with her until he came around and just naturally wanting to protect her, you know? She obviously can hold her own. But when it comes to something like that, I got a lot of respect for him and for the baby and her. So I, I just felt the need to link up with them and seeing them here with Peter Powers is super cool, you know? Mm -hmm. That that was a way of saying, like, keep faith, you know? Right. Things are going to go well. Yeah, exactly. And uh, for the audience, if you could describe yourself a little bit, because you were talking about in a Black yeah. Lives Matter yeah. protest, you were hanging out with a white woman. What are you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Mexican, and I also consider myself black because of my origins. Um, I'm an inborn native, which is black and brown unification or indigenous unification uh, through conscious dialogue, civic engagement, and entertainment and culture. My family comes from California, Texas, and Mexico. Uh, we're indigenous. I'm fairly brown skin. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't have light skin. I used to be light skin as a kid. I have curly hair, but now I'm pretty brown and dark. And so I was there supporting the movement with my girlfriend, who's Filipino. Uh, she's Filipinos for, for Black Lives Matter, and she's also like a facilitator in the Black Lives Matter uh, Unity Collective Group. There's a collective group in Stockton that was created to mainstream and help guide what's going on. So, yeah. Your dog is like, can hear like super sharp. Yeah. Uh, Shouts out to Pitboy on every episode. I always got to say it. Shouts out to Pitboy. I wouldn't be here without him. He's... He's my brother. He's my best friend, man. I don't put yeah, leashes yeah. on him because you don't put leashes on your best friend. You know what no, I mean? No, no, he knows. Like, you just said, get over here, and he came right over. Hi, right. baby. All right. So, yeah, yeah that's, what, that's what I am. Um, you know, I'm Mexican, and then I identify as black as well because of hip-hop, uh, how I was raised, who I was raised with, me having black cousins, black aunties, you know, and, and I think in this world, a lot of the times, they want to check off certain boxes, but now we're just, like, pretty much mixing whatever we want, and so that's why I'm so for against it. For and against the fact that race should be split. Um, yeah, that's that's me, man. Uh, I, I do music. I'm a California justice leader serving my year, so I, I do reentry work. 
with people who've been formerly incarcerated, people who've been to YA, which is Gladiator School, um, and Stockton has two youth facilities, youth correctional facilities, so I'm like kind of in the middle of the mainstream work, helping basically anybody who's been formerly incarcerated receive services. That's really good, man. That's a that's a thing that a lot of people say that they'll do, yeah. they never do. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. a thing that people really would just be like, oh, I would love to be more charitable, and then they never do it their whole life. <laughs> yeah, you know and, what I mean? and then they end up like putting it in the back burner, but for me, it just came naturally. It really did come naturally on mm -hmm. top of all the distributions we were doing and stuff. Somebody just like, hey, this job's perfect for you. I signed up. I got the job. <clears throat> they had training, and now they train me as a life coach as well as a facilitator um, at, at certain groups and, and organizations, you know. It's right. pretty good work. I like it. That's what that's what I'm trying to do, but uh, instead it's on, on a wellness coaching aspect, yeah. right? Because even though even though at one time in my life I've been like, oh man, I want to do more volunteer work. What I've noticed about myself and you can get paid for it. Uh, it's yeah, it's not even the fact of getting paid for it. What yeah. I've noticed is I am in a position right now to where my family still isn't set off yet. So I I and I grew up like pretty like it was like at first I grew up like with wealth you know what I mean yeah and then it just got demolished you <laughs> know that's yeah. almost worse than yeah, yeah. not ever having you were anything. there and you were there yeah gone. and oh, so shit. with that right there what I noticed is I'm not trying to get back to that wealth or whatever yeah. what I'm trying to do is the people who show me love and show me how I should be taken care of and it's, and especially I have this thing where I give every homeless person I see a dollar just one dollar because I know I can do that consistently. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. And no. anytime I see my friends, Change, whatever. Right. Anytime I see my friend, like my best friend, uh, she doesn't want me to help her out that much right now. She said she wants to boss up herself, but she did ask for that hand. Yeah. Like I've fallen. Give me that hand so I can pick myself up. I can walk by myself. I just can't pick myself up. Yeah. I'm in that position with a lot of people. Yeah. So, so that's that's how I kind of give back. Give you know what, what you I mean? can give, and then also ask other people to give. You know? Exactly. Um, I don't necessarily always have the best resources, but I have a support system that helps me get the resources so people are like hey i have four bags of clothes that i don't want anymore can you donate them somewhere I said, yeah of course put them in the trunk of my car and if i can't find anybody to donate them i go and i give them to myself i've established relationships with people just like you said to give them that hand first not necessarily give them money or food or anything just ask them what do they need mm -hmm. right one guy said he needed a bike so i went to another homeless guy who had a bike and i was like look this guy's over here boom and just made the connections it's, in my eyes, it's about allocating resources rather than, uh, you know, taking in, uh, the old school system how it is, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, people people have a, what's the word I want to say? <clears throat> a stigma towards receiving help. Thank you. There's yes. a stigma towards receiving help. But people like me and you genuinely want to help other people. So what I've noticed is I just let them come to me now, just like how Peter and, you know, Brandon came. Like, I just let it naturally come, and then whenever... Everything else comes organic whenever it pops up. I have a feeling of whether it should be used or not. So when you asked me podcast, I was like, ah, I'm not sure yet, you know. There's some things going on in my life. I'm not sure if I want to do it. And as I sat and thought about it, I was like, well, this guy's always been good to me. He's never said anything crazy to me or he never did anything crazy to anybody in front of me. So why not, you know. Let's go with it. And I come here and then now that happens, you know. Right. So it's just a confirmation that it's going to go well and it's going to keep going well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really good, man. I like to I like to hear that a lot because what I've what I've sort of been talking about in a lot of the episodes are like accidental long relationships. Mm. I've known you for like a year and a half. Yeah, I mean, I, almost two years. Almost two years, and we haven't hung out really that much. You know what I mean? But just we've when we see kept each in, other. Yeah, we've yeah, always kept, like, kept in touch. touch kind yeah. of, you know what I mean? It's a social media, and then you're just tapping in with me, and I'm like, this guy's not a bad guy, you know? Right. But you look completely different from how you first when I first met you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you act different too. You're you're, you're more mature. Right. You know? 
definitely more mature now. <laughs> yeah. You know? It took it took a it took a certain uh, amount of I guess like troubles, you know what I mean? Because that year and a half, like even though like everybody was like, man, this guy looks like Jesus, and you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. so like you know blah 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 blah. Like that was like a hard time in my life, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, but it's like it's it's good though because those hard times define I agree, who you bro. are. I know you definitely looked at me like we got our shit together. That was a hard time for me, bro. I right. was sleeping on somebody's fucking uh, pull-out couch. I didn't have a job at that time, bro. I was just the artist trying to make my way, bro. You know, at that time, I was going through some crazy shit. But I had people like Detroit and other friends who were like, just mob with me, just ride with me. And, and from being with them, other people noticed my skills. And then I ended up becoming a sideline announcer for a basketball team. I ended up doing distribution services. I ended up working in schools, which some people don't like the fact that I do because I've been incarcerated. But that's just a personal belief that could be changed, you know? So I, I hear you, man. I definitely met you at a time where I was going through something and you were going through something, and that's how life works. Right. You meet people that are going through the same shit you're going through so that later on you can reflect. Mm -hmm. Like, damn, like, I really was, like, broke, you know? I slept at this park right here one night after an event. I went to that bench over there where those people were at, put my coat over my face, and fell asleep, mm -hmm. and then walked back home with my sisters, you know? And what I've noticed about that kind of stuff, too, is uh, we like to label things, you know, a lot. You know what I mean? And uh, one thing that I've started to sort of, like, differentiate into people is there's a difference between being homeless and being a bum. You know what I mean? Like, being homeless, usually just a person down on their luck, right? Yeah. Usually a bum is a type of mindset. You know what I mean? A like, bum is definitely a mindset where you don't see value in yourself, there are no skills you're building, and part of my job as a life coach is to uh, make sure that people... Ooh, some good week. Reach their fields of adulthood. It is. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, yes. my lips are numb. <laughs> reach their fields of adulthood. When they reach their adulthood, they have uh, certain sections that they have to reach to not be a bum. Because a bum really just doesn't have any field of adulthood. You know, they're gone. They're gone. But a homeless person can't have money. A homeless person can have some sort of skill to be used. And they can still be homeless because of their housing situation, the trauma that they went through, the experiences. Um, even triggers, right? Some people will end up getting a house and then they get triggered and end up fucking themselves over. So it necessarily has to do with the mindset and how the person takes care of themselves. That's how I was talking to my one friend. I don't remember which episode <clears throat> it was on the podcast. I think it was, uh, I think it was Conlin. Conlin. Yeah, yeah Conlin. You know, yeah. you know Conlin. Yeah. Yeah, he was talking about a college degree. And I was talking about how sometimes a college degree for certain people is like a gun in the hand. Mm. You're going to blow your own brains out. If you don't do it right, you know what I mean. Damn, that's true. You know because that's all. You end thing. up getting, you end up getting left with debt. You know, I'm twenty eight thousand dollars in debt. Shout out to the U.S. federal government for that. And, and I didn't even finish because I was incarcerated in college. I can be honest with that because of the Title IX law. I don't have a hate towards the law. I just know that I have the choice to change the law and change my own behavior. So you're right. A college degree is is like a gun in the hand. There's a lot of consequences that come with having that um, reputation and that education. Exactly. And and with education, what I've noticed a lot is education is dangerous. You know what I mean? And like I said, in the right hands, it's really, really good. In the other hands, it's like a gun. But a gun, well, no, okay, no, it's a gun in both analogies, but yeah. it's how you use it. Yeah, are you on the good side or are you on the bad side? Right. It depends on your point of view. You know? That's where that's where I don't mind if people want to abolish guns. I don't mind if people want to do whatever they want to do. In my opinion, they shouldn't because I would just rather have that right. Now, am I the same person who also wanted to be a Marine? Yes, I went through boot camp. I went through eight months of hard. Is that my friend Chay? Sorry, I'm getting distracted. I think that's oh. her, but I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. Yeah, yeah. No, I always see people at the park all the time. There's been a couple times where 
I've like had the podcast and I kept it going and people just like walked up like, hey man, blah, 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 like stuff like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, hey, yeah. Keep it. No, keep it on yeah, the podcast. It, yeah. And what I've noticed about my podcast and like what I kind of like about it and since like we say Brandon and stuff like that and people might learn about it later when he gets on the episode of the podcast, it's going to be like a puzzle, but it's going to be like you're walking into my life and you almost shouldn't be here. Like you're going <laughs> to click on it and you're going to be like, wow, this is so like, personal. you know, personal. Yeah. yeah. It is personal. It's a very personal. And I think podcasts should be personal, you know. They should also be interesting, and they should talk about things that the person has never talked about, you know. I think it should always be like that. When you said it, because I've done a podcast, right, and, and it was successful. And people supported me. They offered me spaces. I noticed that the podcast made people look at me differently, but also judge me differently, too. They started to, to ask, like, what are the skills that I have? <laughs> look at your dog in the mud. He's just doing his thing. Me and a dog. Yep. <laughs> So yeah, man, um, I commend you for doing this, and the way that you have it set up, too, I'm not going to say it, but the way that you have it set up is, is cool, you know, you're, you're collecting, 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 and then getting ready to do the release. That's right. what it should be. should be a perfection of it, you know, where people can organically hear um, through the episodes how it's developed. I exactly. Think, I think you already got a hang of it, <clears throat> you know, I think you know in your head how it's going to sound and look, you know. I got the idea totally from Instagram. Mm -hmm. So, because I like a lot of business pages and they just do it all for free. They're like, here you go. Yeah. That's what entrepreneurs do. They don't work <coughs> for money, they work for freedom. Yeah. Right? And that's my like millionaire mindset that I've adopted. That's the reason why when you say, oh man, you seem so much more mature, you looked at, like you're wearing nice yeah. clothes. Like, yeah. man, these clothes are my work clothes. I just keep them, yeah. you know, nice. So, besides my t shirt I'm wearing, but like yeah. the boots I wear, the reason why I wear them is because I have messed up ankles and I have collapsed arches. Mm -hmm. So, when I tie it around and I keep it, it tight, it. it supports it better. And yeah. so like and no, it, it actually goes well because the way that you have your uh, your shoes like, you know, the ankles flipped up like that with the high socks. Right. I actually thought about doing that, but I just got these Reeboks <laughs> recently, and I, I used to have a pair of boots like that in college that would fold down. You know, we both look very clean and nice and cut. Right. But you see the shirt, mine's kind of wrinkled, pants are kind of wrinkled, whatever. It's nice shoes, but I make it look good, you know. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's just it's not the, the the clothes, but it's how you wear it. Like simple, you know, your job. I don't know what your job is, bro, but I know that you got clean cut pants, you got your keys, you got your nice shirt, clean cut, <laughs> man. Like you look good. You look like a normal guy. Yeah. Thank you, man. I not to say that. you didn't look normal before. You look like an artist before. Right. Right. Yeah. I look. Yeah. That's when I was trying to be a monk. Actually, I was trying to be. I was trying to be a sadhu. That's the reason why, like, man, I, I wouldn't smoke weed, I wouldn't drink. I, like, when everybody would do anything, the only thing I did was rap, do yoga, meditate, and stack up my money to go to India. You know what I mean? That's really all I did. Did you end up going? No, actually. And the reason why is because uh, running to yoga is exactly what that was. I was running. I was running away from something. Mm -hmm. And that support network that I had, that I didn't know I had, that I had to wait around until yeah. I got back from boot camp and dwelled on it for five months. You had to sit on it and think about and it. And I had to realize that. And that's the thing about that is I can't, you can't run away from something. It's the hero's journey. Yeah. You start somewhere, something calls you on a quest, and then you can leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? And my quest is here. You know what I mean? And so when I, when I get called upon finally to leave, that's when I'll leave. Yeah. And that's what I learned. Because I was even trying to go to India again. Right when I got back, I had the money to go be a yoga teacher wow. and to get certified. Man, I need to stop running. You know what I mean? Like that's what I noticed. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like there's two ways. You're either going to run away from all your problems or you're going to face them head on. And sometimes running is a good option. Like, it's, it's never bad because humans are the best runners on the planet. We can outrun, at least endurance-wise, horses. We can't outrun them from speed, but the, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a tribe in around, like, Mexico, Arizona, and places like that. It's called uh, Terra Plana, which basically means barefoot tribe, right? And they run ultra marathons of up to 500 miles Dang. regularly. And the reason why they do that is because it's ingrained in their culture. Yeah, it's part of just it's seen as normal. Like, right. It's something that's respectable, just like how in, in America there's certain things that it, um, it comes with culture. You know, 
I hear you. It's it's so normal. But to us, we're like, wow, how did they get to that point? They right. train their body. Everybody sees it as normal, so they can do that. And in my culture, <clears throat> especially being Arab and having German Jew in me and stuff like that, very money-based mm-hmm. uh, cultures. It's mm-hmm. always been a trade hub in in those cultures. You know what I mean? It's always been things value. Yeah, that's that exactly. And they they hold they hold a certain thing to it. Yeah. And what I'm gonna do, because it's gonna happen. You have to use an signing language. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna be rich. How wealthy I want to be is whenever I get tired, you know what I mean? Or when I know, you know what I mean? But, want to stop. Yeah. Right. But on that mindset and on that path and that actual hard work that I have behind it, the people that are there around me who actually can reciprocate it back once I give them that hand up and they start walking, yeah. I know that they're going to walk with me. You know what I mean? And we're all going to walk. And that's the thing about a protest. Like when you like when you went to the protest, I went to the first one that they did downtown and I just, I just walked. I didn't actually do anything. I didn't put my fist up. I didn't do anything. I was just there sure. in the moment. Yeah. And the reason why... Because I'm a guest. Yeah, I was there taking pictures. And right. then the second one that I went to, I was like, okay, I'm a little uncomfortable. And then the third one, somebody asked me. They said, hey, come to the front. So it evolved. I was just there as an observer, like you, you know. I just want to see how this goes. And then that eventually it turned into, oh, wow, my girlfriend is now leading this unity collective. And I'm hearing about all the events. I'm coming to these events. People are asking me to speak or perform. Um, I'm bringing other people. And so it's like... Things develop, you know, that's what wealth is. When you have a source, a resource that is so big, it can actually be seen as value, you know? I, I have a lot more money now consistently than I've ever had in the last five years. But before that, there was a quest before that where I had a shit ton of money because I properly used my mind to get to a point. And then it, it was a cycle. I ended up falling down, coming back up. So now, in my head, I definitely think, yes, I'm going to be rich. Yes, I'm going to have wealth. But I'm not going to be there alone. You know, I'm going to have the resources of people where I can actually enjoy it. There's going to be someone like my girlfriend who's going to be able to pretty much help guide me as well as navigate me. We navigate each other. And we're going to have fun with it. You know, I look forward to the day where I can be like, hey, man, you want to go golfing or something? You want to go to Top Golf and have some fun, drink a couple of brews? You know, it's on me, bro. Like, I don't even worry about you paying me back. That's so stupid, you know? <laughs> if right. you have it, you have it, spend it. Pitboy, get over here. Shout out to Pitboy. Always doing dog things. But yeah, no, that's and I didn't mean to interrupt you, I'm sorry. Um no no that's that's exactly where I wanna be at. And that's what I learned that going to India is never gonna teach me that. Not because not because I don't want to be a monk still and stuff like that, but I did listen to a Buddhist monk and he did tell me one thing. That'd be a good experience. <laughs> yeah. And the Buddhist monk did tell me one important factor. He said, What are you gonna do for a forty year old divorced woman? And I looked at him dead in the face and I said, I don't know. And he said, for the fact that you don't know, you skipped a couple steps. Because what monks do is they help people. They know so much about life that they're gurus. They lift you from the darkness. If you can't do that for them, you don't know what you're doing. And the podcast is the first thing that I'm doing. It's the Nosh Posh. I'm that Nosh bra on fucking, on Instagram. The Nosh lifestyle is what I promote. It's a lifestyle that's going to be very ingrained in positivity, connections, money. <laughs> Look at them just enjoying themselves. Yeah, they're just having fun. <laughs> Your dog is very beautiful. Your dog is beautiful. Yeah. It's a mix. Yeah, it's a Jack Russell mix. I know people who know dogs are always like, oh, look at that cute little Jack Russell. And it makes me so happy. Well, I've had one. He wasn't cute either. He was Is that a male? What's his name? His name is Pit Boy. Pit Yeah, Pit Boy. He's three. Whoa. Right. Yeah, he still got his youth and his vigor around. Yeah, you see that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on. 
They're taking selfies over there. That's what they're doing. Yeah. They're getting it in. Hippos. <laughs> Hippos never been uh never been attacked by big dogs, but as you can tell from the way his personality is, big dogs get excitable around him and then they scare him. Because he'll he'll try and run around them and then they'll they'll be so big and so fast that they'll come up on him really quick. Well, he was attacked. Mm -hmm. He was attacked. Yeah, yeah, they went yeah, against him. Yeah. I've been attacked. He was. Attacked. Living on the streets. He was? Really? You, you got him as a rescue? Yeah, he was living on the streets. I had to put his eyes and stick it out like that. Oh. I had to have it taken out. He's only got one eye. Oh, I see that. Just the left yeah, eye. Fire. Yeah, he's a little he's survivor. A little yeah. He's a little rescue survivor. That's what's up. And yeah. they're, they're really appreciative of it, too, I've noticed. Yeah. When you really do, uh, you know, foster in an animal. Animals are so compassionate that they sort of, yeah, yeah they, just, they just instantly cling to you and they know that you're going to do them good. You know, my granddaughter, she just got on about maybe eight months ago or something out at the animal shelter. Okay, she loves it. <clears throat> See, I couldn't do it. I'm too... You're too attached to everything? Well, yeah. yeah, I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it when they bring dogs in and stuff. I couldn't. Well, you have a beautiful dog. Bye. Thank you. You guys have a nice evening. You Take as well. Care. See, that's the, that's the funny thing about, like, the parks and sort of, like, the almost yeah. the, like, personality of it, you it's, know what I mean? It does bring out your personality. I actually like it this way, you know, because everybody's walking out right now, you know, people are pretty open. Um, you don't see much people wearing masks either. People are just chilling. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I think Victory Park is sort of the place where everybody just <coughs> agrees to be like, hey, let's just have fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, everybody here is, like, like people working out, you know, there's babies and people playing soccer. <sighs> Sorry, my hips. I'm getting old. <laughs> I have bad hips. Hey, if you want me to help you out with that, man, yoga. Yeah, I, I haven't got done you, yoga, man. I used to be so big at it. In college, I did uh, three years of yoga from my sophomore year to my senior year. Um, and I was big. Like, I would pull up to the class, be the person in the front, and then I stopped after I went to jail. When I got out, I did maybe, like, six months of it, and then I stopped. But I, I loved yoga, man. I, I loved all the positions. Um, there were certain like styles that I didn't like, which was like I didn't like the physical, you know, the hard part. I liked the the yoga where you had to just relax and like know the breathing techniques. That's that's the part that I like. So yeah, I would love to take up your offer, bro, and, and join you in a session, man. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate that. I always uh, that's that's the one thing about doing the difference between a life coach and a wellness coach is you are teaching people almost like all encompasses of life you know yeah. what i mean but for me i'm going to specialize in just the part like you were talking about like being charitable right early, a little bit earlier yeah i am addicted to making people feel special it sounds weird right it does yeah, it sounds very cool. weird but it's like it's a it's a good addiction as long as you're healthy about it you know what i mean that's what life coaches do though you bring out the special in them and then they can like be normal or have a goal but for you as a wellness coach like i've heard detroit say that Wellness coaches are the same thing too, you know? You gotta be able to bring the special out, you see? Exactly. You smile at people. Uh, we right? have so many people coming in on the podcast yeah, right this now. It's like gonna be great. Super guests of the no, year. No, you're good. Come on in. No, nah, you're yeah, chilling. You're chilling. Go ahead. No, no, you're yeah. fine. I always say hi every time. I know. I saw you earlier and I was gonna let you do your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you're good. Hi. Hey, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Hi. I'm wonderful. What's up, bro? We're stepping hey, in on a podcast. Yeah, stepping in on the podcast. Yeah, that's fucking wild. I was looking, I was like, that. Ah, he looks a little darker than usual. That's probably not Ricky. But you know, know the voice, is. though. The voice is very <laughs> right. distinctive. Hi, Victoria. Nice hey, to meet you. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? Yeah. How are you? Yeah. I'm pretty good. How's the, how's the baby doing? Good day. Yeah, it's it's so it's so good to be out here inside the air and everything like that. And yeah, just enjoy yourself. I'm saying, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. 
Gotta get this exercise out here. Mm-hmm. Fucking, fucking good seeing you, dude. I'm gonna try to keep these laps up. Sorry, Dan. Yeah, no, no, you guys not interrupt, please. Yeah, have a good one. Bye. Yeah, thank bye. you. You guys be Take safe. Care. Have a good day. Well, later. Talk to you later Ricky. Yep. That's so dope. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like when you invite energies, like it kind of like ends up that way. And then with like yeah. both of us here, it's like almost like the aura radiates twice. Yeah, as yeah, hard, yeah. No, no way, no way. How do you know them from elementary? Hmm. So Gabe, I. Um, you know, from mutual friends, uh, yeah. Victoria used to go out with my friend, uh-huh. and then Michaela. Yeah, uh, she was is, very happy to see you. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's his. That's his lady. Yeah. yeah. And Michaela's. Yeah. Michaela's Gabe's lady. And yeah, they're all just like wonderful She's people. Like, oh, I have COVID. I'm like, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have. My mom has symptoms, so um, I don't have it, but I've been like keeping my distance, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, giving her vitamins. I take vitamins every day. I took some this morning. You know, just to be sure, man. What's your stack? What do you take? Uh, I take vitamin C, and then I have, like, an overall one, and then I have medicated drops in the morning that I take just for, like, anything like phlegm or chest or stuff like that. And then um, I eat chicken soup. I eat chicken soup in the morning. That's and actually... Like, yeah. That's really good. That's, um, man, when I was bulking up for the, for the Marines, man, I did the sumo diet Whoa. where you eat at 12 and 8, and you only eat those two meals, and you just fucking go to town on whatever. Yeah. And I noticed a lot of soup and rice. Mm. They, they eat sumo wrestlers eat chunko nabe that's what that means but it literally just means sumo stew like <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah. it's, like, it's like whatever stew that that's they... what i put i put white rice in my in my um in my soup yeah yeah and, and then the, yeah. i eat it with tortillas you know roll the tortillas hot sauce inside the tortilla and i just dip it and eat it so mm. the tortilla gets me full and then the soup is flavored and the rice is just something to chew on right but it, it, it does keep you you know somebody saw me yesterday and they were like have you lost weight and i'm like i think i have but i'm not sure you know right <laughs> Uh, I'm at 165 right now. That's good. Yeah, when I met you, it was like at 130, 145. Mm. So I've gained weight, but I think it's more even now. Right. Same with you. It's definitely even now. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like 170 or like one. I think I'm like right around yours, actually, 168, 165. Yeah, and you're 6'2", 6'3"? No, I'm like only like 6'1". The boots, the boots add. That's the reason why. That's the reason why. I'm six feet. Yeah. So when I put Reeboks on or something, people tell me the same thing. You look (laughs) tall. You look really tall. (laughs) <laughs> the Marines, Marines couldn't give it to me. They gave me a, a 5'11 and a half, you know, just to just to Damn. just to really mess with you a little just bit. Just to be petty. Yeah, just to just to really mess with you, because that's that's how they do it, and it's all love, because they're just like they want your weight to be lower, so they don't want you to give you that extra inch to where you can add 10 pounds, because it might be it might not be good. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, okay. They, they have height and weight standards inside the military, and especially in the Marines, the hardest one really is the Marines, because they have they have the hardest height and weight standards, because we got to do. Uh, PFT, which is a physical fitness test, yeah. three miles in uh, under 27 minutes. What? Um, up to 24 pull-ups. 24 pull-ups is the max in one set um, of 100 points, and then 120 Marine Corps crunches. How many pull-ups did you do? I did 14. Oh, nice. And then I, I know I was 10 off. I like four or five. <laughs> 10 off, but still, uh, isn't that like kind of like average or above average? Uh, you know, I actually don't know what the average is um, because the beautiful thing about the military is it's like all walks of life, man. Everybody. Like, yeah, yeah, you could have the most unhealthy person and the most healthy person, and, you know, in, in the same barracks, you know, in the same conversation, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, I did 56 pull-ups the other day. They're like, how many do you do? They're like, oh, Three. I can't do one. And the guy who's there who's like, let me teach you how I did pull-ups when I couldn't do one. You know uh, what I mean? And that's the cool thing about it. Wow. I didn't know the Marines were so like that. My, my friend uh, Morrow was a Marine. Okay. Yeah. And he actually enjoyed it, and he came back, and he uses a lot of the skills. He always keeps some type of tactical knife with him, and he has his gear in his back, you know, it's... So far, everyone that I know that's been in the service, including my lady's dad, are very uh, organized, just well thought, intellectual people, you know. And that's, it's because they break you down, man. They fucking, I don't know about all the other 
uh, basic trainings and boot camps, but man, with the Marines, dude, like, oh, they tried grilling you hard. Yeah. And I was I was old enough to, to see through the facade. Like as soon as my uh, so you have a you have a different drill instructor for your first week than you do from the rest of your weeks. Yeah, right? of course. And he's your receiving drill instructor, and he's there to fuck with you really, really hard. You know what I mean? Just to get that extra little bit in that he can. <laughs> and he walked past this one kid, and this kid was smiling. And he looked mm-hmm. at him dead in the face, and you say zero, and that means you're supposed to freeze and you're supposed to stand at attention. And he was like zero, and so he freeze, he like froze at attention, and he was like, stop fucking smiling, it's pissing me off. Wow. And he walked away. And it's because you don't deserve anything yet. They don't, you sign the contract to get away all of your freedoms so they can build you into the Marine that, the, that you need to be. Mm. And the thing is that's beautiful about I've it. I've heard of that, that's wild. Yeah, and the thing that's beautiful about it is the way they say it is like you're like a block of clay. You already have what's in there, what they need to chip away at. It's already there. They yeah. just need to chip away at it. And shape it. Yeah, and uh, shape it. And that's that's really what they kind of did for that me. That could be cool, too, as a wellness coach or a life coach. Like, you get you receive something, and the person is the way that they are. They've carried everything that they have in their life, and then you basically, like, chip, chip away, you know. And you're an artist at, it, at that. So there's a certain way that you're chipping. You hold the, the tool a certain way. You give certain tools to, to be held a certain way. Then you breathe life into it. That's such a good metaphor. That is. That's uh, yeah, dude. That's the thing I really like about you guys as artists and stuff like that, and what I hear through you guys' music. And like, you know, as much as I've listened to, I need to listen to more of it because yeah, Nine Vet just uh, came out last year, and it's been out for about eight, eight nine months. You know, it's yeah, good. dude. It's a producer slash rap artist track, so there's some singles on there, and then there's some um, songs where I'm just featured, but I produced it, so I added drums, or I had some type of mixing and mastering or a remix to it. You know, there's even an instrumental on there that I have. And um, I added a, you know, so you say you're a Buddhist, which is like God-centered. I added uh, a sample of a, of a pastor, preacher speaking at a session. I just pulled out my phone and recorded it, and then I threw it over the track, and it fit, for, fit perfectly with the beat drops. Like, there was beat drops that ha- went well with what he was saying, you know. Basically, he was talking about the ears being the first instrument that works before birth. Um, and, and how that's how we how we take in information is through the ears, but that's also how we uh, are aware of our senses. You know, like we can only look forward; we only have this much, but our ears can pretty much hear everything. I can hear something behind me or something to the side because of how my ears pick up information. So that's that's what I got from, and I added it to the track, track twelve, and uh, that's my sense of, of how I made the album me. Uh, you know, I wanted to shape it to where it was me. Uh, people knew it was me when they listened to it. Yeah, no, dude, that's like, that's the reason why I really like talking to artists is because even though there are a lot of negative things about being an artist, like the whole uh, nothing's ever good enough syndrome, you know what I mean, and stuff like that, the people who get over that toxic quality are very beautiful people, you know what I mean, like you have a very beautiful soul about you, you know what I mean, like you can tell, like, even probably a lot of people are always just like, oh man, your eyes are like, you know, a lot of women or something like that, you know, eyelashes. Right. And it's like it's like the eyes of the window to the soul, man. It's like eyelashes for sure. My, I told my lady that too. I was like, "You love me because my eyes are." And then she was like, "What's this mole?" I'm like, "It's not a mole. It's a stitch." So everybody has certain things and insecurities. But you're right. Once once I got over that, uh, you know, everything that has to be perfect, it just made things easier. You know, that that last album I had was not going to be dropped because I thought it was imperfect. Just like the one that I'm working on now, I have all the beats ready, but I haven't recorded the vocals yet because I'm I'm trying to perfect the delivery. So that when I'm in the studio, I can just deliver it, and I know that the recording engineer is like, "Oh, he did his thing. Like, I don't even have to fix it up or nothing, you know?" Because I'm a recording engineer myself, so I understand the excuse me. I understand the look of it has to be perfect, and then I also understand the raw energy of things, you know? Right, and that's what I'm started learning as like a just as a natural freestyler, yeah. putting myself into the studio, mm-hmm. and just sort of like 
having that bar segment that you need that's what i call it man that's hard as a freestyler it's like it's like wow you know what i mean i'm almost finding like that pocket yeah 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 i find that yeah they find that pocket, find that pocket. and the, the reason why i'm never going to write anything is because i said this earlier on another episode of the podcast uh my job right now is to kill lil wayne not like physically but rap game wise because he freestyled everything that he's ever done yeah and if I can... And things that he's never done. Yeah. And things that he's created and things that are out of this world. But he did it. And he put it on mixtapes. And, and he released it. Yeah. And he's done amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's what's up. I can't stop listening to Dedication 4. That whole mixtape is just the absolute most amazing thing Wasn't I've ever Wasn't it trending on to. Twitter recently? Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. And the thing that's funny about Dedication 4 is he really did just freestyle all of it. There's a, there's a song on there, The Green Ranger, with him and J. Cole. And he didn't even like the beat. He, he even said it. He was like, I don't like this beat. I'm just going to say a couple things. And it was like amazing, beautiful poetry. And I'm just like, yeah. man, so you know, you don't even have to try. Bro. You'd be super surprised at what verses sound like. Bro, that just reminded me. I did a verse for somebody this last week, and I did not like the beat. I had to sit down and listen to the beat over and over again. But then I realized there's only one part of the beat I like. So I said what I had to say, and it was fire. The verse came out super dope. I'm going to spit it to you. It's called uh, Taking Your Crown Back. Crown Back. Was called, and my friend's name is Eric Rangel, and he's a singer. So this is how this is how the verse was. He was like, "Take my crown back, take my crown back." Something super corny, man. Like I didn't even like it at first, but I heard it, and he, he, I took the challenge. Like I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna do it, you know. And the verse came out a lot better than I thought it would come out. I was like, "Give me that, give me that back, give me that, give me that bass, give me that, give me that ecstasy that you call good face." I got the royalty, I got the loyalty, I got the keys, I got the gold, I got the fees. I'm one with the earth and one with the trees. My style is prophetic. I'm too much for y'all, I get it. My timing is perfect, my stopwatch is working. I bet on my money, I'm in it. And they can't close my curtains, yeah. This show is for certain, yeah. God made me a burden. Why you think I love working? Yeah, both my hands up. Only time they telling me I'm worth it. Both my hands up is the only time they telling me that I'm worth it, yeah. Mm. And the verse goes back. I like that, that's, mm, that's nice, dude. <laughs> So that I, that was on a, just me riding into a beat I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's interesting because like uh, I did a I did a I did an episode just by myself. Yeah. Where I was talking about self love, and self love sometimes is doing the stuff that sucks. You yeah. Know what I mean, like it's sometimes true, yeah. sometimes you do stuff that sucks because that that verse that's hard mm-hmm. on a beat you don't like. Mm-hmm. Oh man, when you find a beat you do like, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? You're like, if I can go hard on a beat that I don't like, how hard can I go on a beat that I do like? Yeah. And. I might not like it, but somebody else is gonna hear it that's a fan of him, and they're gonna be like, "Wow, he did it! He did that! Yeah, he, he did that!" So delivery of my voice is gonna make someone else be a fan of my music, and that's what I kind of like doing features for. It's because people can listen to it, and not only can they tell that I liked it, but they're they're gonna now become a fan of it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's yeah, and that's that's a funny thing about like the whole like feature thing, because mm-hmm. that's what J Cole did. He did no features. That's what he said. He said, "I came up with no features." Yeah. So he wasn't until he made his first real radio hit where he was like, I'll accept a feature now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. And he kills his features. And yeah, he murders right? his features, dude. Way better than his, his, uh, I think his features are way better than normal features and they make the songs better, but they have no relevance to his actual music. You know, his actual music has meaning. He executively produces it. He makes sure that track one to track whatever sounds synonymous. And that's why I like J. Cole's albums, because they're just, they're fire. They're real bodies of work, mm-hmm. real artwork that I can consider legendary. I always listen to J. Cole, you know? Whenever I feel like I need inspiration, J. Cole, 
Lil Wayne, Tupac, those are guys that made albums and bodies of work and art that I super appreciate. Mm -hmm. I really like uh, I really like Jay Z a lot. He's another. I guess I like a lot of freestylers just because you know yeah. that's how I am. Jay Z, Absol. Yeah, Absol is cool. Lil Wayne, uh, Riff Raff. I actually really like Riff Raff. Riff Raff. Raff. Uh, Only his because post is funny. Yeah, he's care. just. He's but he's really really smart about the way he freestyles because yeah. he knows that he was gonna produce so much content. He has little quips mm. where he says like, "Oh shit, look who it is, the white," and then he adds in like a black person. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and he does that. It's and it's the white Michael Black. I've heard yeah. him say crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, but but you're right. He you know as an artist what he's gonna say. Mm -hmm. Oh shit, you know. But he's you're waiting for that anticipation. Like exactly. that's the, the best anticipation you can get. You know, from an artist is like even currency does it where he's like, "Hell." La, da, 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 da. You know he's gonna say it in a song, bro. You know he's gonna say a certain line, and same with Cole, and same with Wayne. They're gonna say something, but you're just waiting for that, and that's why you become a fan of something because they consistently are just dope at that one thing, right? Yeah. They practice that same thing over and over again. So as a freestyle artist, I hear you. I'm a freestyle artist. You've heard me freestyle. Exactly. You know, and I've gotten way better since then about how I freestyle and what I freestyle about just by being around people like Zeps. And being around other people who've rapped for years, they're like, how long have you been doing this, you know? I've only been freestyling for like five years, you know? Five, five, four years I've actually committed to it. Now I really, really love it. I think I'm a better freestyle artist than I am a songwriter. And then I also think I'm a better engineer than I am a producer. Mm. Meaning I can create things on the moment and the spot rather than trying to sit down and do it. Right. Yeah, that's how I am, I think, about uh, my production. Oh, what? You didn't see it, but the tree dropped something on your dog, That's and it hilarious. hit his head. It hit his head, and he was like this. Yeah, he shook. Yeah, I heard yeah. it, and I was like, what the hell? It hit his head. <laughs> That's wild. That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you okay, Pippa Boy? Yeah, you good? All right. <laughs> he's, so, he's so about defending us, he's just like, I'm fine. I just don't I'm know what happened. Bro. <laughs> nah, I hit his head, and he was like, <laughs> he just bumped up. Messed up his concentration, man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Um, um, I noticed that I'm a better producer than I am a songwriter, but I'm a better freestyler than I am at both of them. Mm. You know what I mean? Because like, I feel like all the time, and it's probably, my beats are probably good, you know what I mean? But I always, I'm just like, there's like one thing missing. Mm. And then what I've noticed about that is I need to stop overdoing the beats and just add lyrics to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I noticed what was missing space, from it. There's, there's space to it. There's yeah. a lot of space to it, bro. You could easily be like, I like this song. And I want to add more to it. And then you could have two verses where you have one that doesn't have hi-hats or one that doesn't have horns. And then you add the lyrics to it and you'll hear the difference. Mm -hmm. I've done that. I've done that. I've taken out, you know, stems and I mute it and I try to listen to songs. Some people would be like, that's not how it was first started. So I don't want to do that. I think those people limit themselves mm -hmm. and they're like, my intentions were different, but it came out different. Well, that's the point being curious. It's like a relationship with a woman, you know? You're curious. It wasn't the way it started when you first got it, but you still got to the goal, and it changed, and you felt good. I think people forget about the fact of feeling good. They want to focus on the intention of how it was, right? And that's, like, the difference between, like, manifesting reality and just enjoying the creative purpose part of it. You as a producer, you're like, man, I need to just stop overthinking and just make the beats and let people listen to it, you know? Then when they listen to it, then you can add later, or you can make a different version of it. Yeah, I can give the beat to somebody who could maybe do it more justice or yeah. or less justice, but in a in a better way. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And then you there's know? like people in the industry who are like, "Nah, I won't clear the beat. Why? Oh, because something, 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 blah, 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 blah." 
rather they rather than like saying I made this beat and I want it to be out in the world. Oh, I made this beat and I'm gonna keep it to myself. Some people are actually like that. Pit boy. Pit boy's always just come here, come here, come here, come here. He's not gonna do it this time. This time he's like, I'm gonna have fun. This is gonna happen. Hey. It's all right. Hey, pit come boy, here. come on. Come here. And then he runs. And then yeah. He runs. Come here. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day. Take care. It's like, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, that's good. That goes with the self-love thing. Yeah. Man, I need to stop being so hard on my own, on my own artistry. Yeah, bro, and that's what fire. I noticed. Just know that your fire, whatever you make, is gonna come out good because it's a. Uh, you're already good here in the physical flesh. If other people are confirming with you, anything that you make creatively is gonna be fire. Right. Exactly. Thank you. You, you just have to have faith. You just have to have faith that when it happens, because there are gonna be people who aren't gonna appreciate your work. I'm, I'm realizing that now. Like. My friend on the phone, when you called me, mm -hmm. I switched over and he was like, bro, there's so many people that don't like you because you do so much. I'm like, how can they not like you for doing so much? That's just how they were raised. You know, you can't, you can't really change that unless they change it themselves and they say, okay, I see something that I can improve through this person's greatness. I can see something that I can improve. That's kind of how it works, you know, mirrored reflections. We see each other's behavior and we want to do it. We're inspired. That's what I call objective perspectives. Where it's like there's something behind it. You know what I mean? Like everybody has an objective perspective and nothing is really true. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You can say there's one truth or there is no truth or anything. But that one hits me in the spot, bro. That one really hits me well because somebody encouraged me to respond back to somebody who was talking shit to me. They're like, why don't you say the truth? I said, what good is me saying the truth going to do? It's going to hurt somebody else. It's going to make them look at me differently. I'm just going to keep posting things that make me happy. And I've been noticing now people are messaging me like, hey, you look, you look like you're going, you're going good. Other people who are like, hey, I'm just checking on you. You're, you're kind of bad. I'm like, whoa, like they're doing bad. You know, if they say, because I feel great. I honestly feel really great. You know, I'm and, sure you can see that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know you are. Yeah, exactly. And they just like, they project it. Yeah. It's like from themselves onto you. Yeah. The objective projection. It, it, yeah. it just comes out and they, they want to feel the empathy from you. They want to feel... Uh, that this person cares. That's why they're asking, are you okay, you know? I'm pretty sure you get that all the time. People who've met you during that time period where you were down and now they're the completely opposite of you. They're like, are you good, are you okay, do you need anything? But you're like, nah, I'm good, man. I just wanna give back. I just wanna, well, how you said, look for something special in someone and then they popped up when you said it. Right, you know? yeah. And they, and they were, <laughs> I mean, he was kinda like defensive, like, hey, that's my sister. <laughs> right. You know, but I'm just, hey, what's up, bro? Like, good to see y'all, hey, thanks for coming out. and. and I saw that you made the special in them come out. Especially her. She's like, hey, I didn't want to bother. I'm like, no, it's good. It's chill. They were super all about like giving you their positive energy for what the, what they could, you know? Right. Because obviously you, you were giving them more energy and they were just receiving it and walking here and kind of being part of this environment. Yeah. And yeah, that's, <laughs> thank you, man. I really actually appreciate that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like that's the sort of stuff I've been like, Noticing whenever I like, not necessarily open up, but when I just started telling like, yeah. just how it is, you know what I mean? Because when I was down, the only thing I would do, which is kind of bad, and I don't, I didn't mean to do it in a way to where I started started noticing the way that I was doing it. But like people would ask me, they'd be like, hey man, are you okay? I'd be like, do you really want to actually know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, do you really want to know? Some and, people don't. And yeah, they don't. They don't want to know. And nobody well, actually- they don't know how to respond, right? Right. Luckily as a life coach, I get trained on how to respond, but other people may not know how to respond. There's a uh, practice positive affirmations that you can practice, or even like they call it MI, like uh, positive interviewing or master interviewing, where you know how to respond back to people. And I think you've got that down pretty well. Yeah, thank yeah. you. It means a lot coming from somebody who's 
like certified and has that under I'm their tool bag. You know I'm, I'm mean? getting there. I'm five months in. <laughs> right. No, but that's still that's still more. That's the thing that I was telling people, man. Is six months will transform you. Six months of hard work. Like nobody realizes how long six months actually is. Yeah. They think about the 24 hours a day thing. Oh, there's not enough time. It's 24 hours in a day. You're I'm thinking like, yeah. too much, man. Yeah. Like, like, but there's 60 seconds in every minute, and there's yeah. 60 minutes in every hour. You know, you put that, you put that 12 like hours in half a day, right? Four hours in a work. Hey, I wonder why he did that to her. Uh, yeah, shouts out to Pitboy being deathly afraid of, uh, of skateboards. It's the grinding in his ears. Uh, a lot of dogs don't like it. That was a bad boy, and you know like, that. Go lay down, bad experience. go lay down, go lay down. Thank you. Now stay there. All right. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen of the of the audience who was listening to that. That was just that was that was funny. Pit That's what I mean ham. about that. Yeah. Pit, the controlled chaos. Pit boy went ham. Yeah. Pit boy went ham. Exactly. He did. He did. And uh, no, stay there. Um. Yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of funny that, you know, even though I've never really like actually had like this long of a conversation with you, you know what I mean? There's always so many instances where we can see how we're like similar you know what i mean yeah. and that's what i've kind of noticed about the people that like not necessarily that i choose for the podcast but I, that i wanted to be on the podcast mm. with that whole accidental relationship thing is obviously the universe like wanted you know something at least you know yeah. what i mean of today like, of like a, happened today too right like, i really wasn't even supposed to go out today at this time you know but i did it and, and i actually feel really happy coming here and doing this you know it makes me want to come out here more often like me myself just to come out here and enjoy I didn't think it was going to be this cracking on a Monday, but it's cracking out here, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's still going on. This whole conversation is people walking by with their dogs, talking to us, seeing the energy, you know? And and we really haven't even really talked music, you know? We did a little bit, but for the most part, it's just been a good conversation, bro. Yeah, man. Uh, we're, we're getting close to the... Uh to the 10 or the 50 minute mark or whatever and stuff like that so if you want to if you want to go ahead and pimp all your stuff out right now man i'll show you man i'm going to show you my tape uh nine vet it is on spotify and itunes called nine vet the undefeated and um it's featuring a lot of a lot of producers you know a lot of artists but for the most part the project itself was created as a collective effort um so here we go i'm gonna play it and you guys enjoy it. We're gonna go. Hey! Hey! Sorry about that, bud. He <laughs> still got young energy. Track one, all with you. This one's real bouncy. You can tell the West Coast influence as always. <laughs> yeah, uh, Max Muller produced it. Right. Uh, I, actually, Abby James is on this. Oh, really? He's not featured on it, but he has like. A small section right here. Watch, I'll show you. This is Abby's voice. Right here. 
Debbie. <laughs> you <laughs> he snuck just, him in there. Yeah, yeah, he was just in the studio. And he did it. So yeah, there's that one. Mm. Then there's A Nun featuring uh, Cam Fresco. Ain't none. Trap West Coast. Then there's uh, Motion featuring Price Ellis. Produced by Price featuring me. That was hard. Yeah, that was fucking hard. Listen to the hook. Ways. I used to perform this all the time, but this has an extended verse. Okay. It has, it has a third verse on it. So you added the extra little spice onto it yeah. for your, uh, for your yep. album, yeah. The ori- this was the original. I recorded it with three verses, but I released it as only two verses. Mm. You know? Yeah. So maybe as a producer, that's what I was saying. When you get to take away things and yeah. give people the full thing on the album. Uh, here's Shoddy. I'm on the hook, featuring Devious and this guy named Millie Punch. Murder She Wrote, which is an interlude, phone conversation. I had my boy call up a girl, and he had a phone conversation with her. And basically, he's just like, I'm going to get something backwards. Okay, we're going to smoke. But the beat's super chill, so that's why I chose it to be in the middle of the tape. The interlude. And then I have a verse in the end. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was saucy, bro. I like that a lot. Thanks. Right. Then it goes into this. This is the solo, the the only new solo single song. There's only one solo song on here that's brand new, and it's this one. Right. Nine Vent. Produced by Woodsy. And then it has my vocals in the background. And I just told him I wanted an offbeat East Coast type of song. So I could really show people my rap skills. And this is what we came up with. Yeah, I've noticed with your tape, it's not really you. Yeah. That's the main centerpiece. But you'll yeah. bring yourself in there. Into the song, yeah. yeah. That's why I said it was producer, because a lot of times I recorded these songs, and I had other people record their verses on it. But I was recording it. I was producing I was engineering it. That's why I like the tape so much. Right. This is the only song where it's me. Yeah, that's good, man. That's, a, that's an interesting way to do it, too. Yeah, and then there's this one. I sing the hook. I wrote the hook. Um, recorded it, featuring Millie and Lil Adrian. More of like East, East Side, East Side Stockton trap feel. Produced by Isaac. Then this one was fun. It's called Mackin' and Mobbin. West Coast. So this song originally came out, and then I released the remix. With my uh, with my verse, I have a middle verse. Yeah, 
posted in my city, hella weed smoking. Still posted in the mud, rapping at nine. I'm from the field where you know we get live. Still kicking with my niggas and I'm doing my thing. I be mobbing around Cali And um, you have Right Now, which is an original track featuring uh, the whole Inborn Native, Detroit, Raw Fuego, um, Devious, me. Produced by YP, Haiti Baby's producer, yeah. Unseen Asylum. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's the four minute record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that's him with his voice. Yeah, straight. These guys, you guys all have unique voices. I feel like I have one too. And that's the thing about artists is like artists have like almost like the universe was like, here's a unique voice. You know what I mean? Take it. Yeah. Do what you want. This one was an old song I did that was a single. It's called SNF. And uh, this is like near the end of the tape. I wanted to slow it down. I actually recorded this in a shitty ass studio and then I mastered it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And That's then uh, lastly, here's the last one, Faith, which is the instrumental I told you that has a sample of the pastor on it. Yeah. That's the tape, Nine Vet, The Undefeated. I produced this on Ableton. Oh, hell yeah. Drums, loops, bass, horns. Beat. You have a very, very, very like so different style than my beats, man. Like yeah. it's like crazy. Like I think about it all the time, man. I'm like, man, like people's beats, like they're just like, like everybody's is just so different. Like it's such like a unique thing to like. And what it is too is like it's funny because it's math. Yeah. Because you're putting in, like math. four four measure and you're just kind of like putting ones and zeros somewhere and they sound a certain way. Yeah. You know. The ones that I did produce on here was Faith, Mackin and Mobbin, um, Nine Vet, and I think. Alleyways. Those were ones that I actually sat down and put the uh, hi hats on them. I uh, put the claps and the snares. You know, I, I took out some instruments while I was recording. I took some out. So definitely, like, it's diverse. I still haven't reached the peak of my producing. You know. Right. I feel like I'm gonna get there one day, but not anytime soon. Right. Hopefully, you never reach your peak and you just yeah. keep on elevating. Yeah. I just you know wanna make. I, mean? I just wanna make different genres. Like yeah. Jazz, R&B, blues. I really wanna go into all those genres, especially yeah, blues. That's really good, man. That's that's like, you know, I, I see a lot in you and the people that you fuck with a lot, you know what I mean, and stuff. And like, man. We, we all grow, you know, like, yeah. we grow, like you said, sometimes we go back, we go back to, um, like, the, our old ways. We have a quest, we run away from it, and then we come back, and I feel like I'm at a point where I'm recreating my old self to, uh, to show that, like, this is who I am, you know, just like you, for sure, you're on that same path. Right. Is there anything else, man? Any other hey, questions? if you have any last remarks, man, go ahead and say them right now. Oh, man. All I have to say, bro, for the people who are listening, um, you know, it's a city that I live in, Stockton, California, is tough, man. And uh, they'll try to cancel you and do things and make you make you not believe in yourself. But then, uh, you know, it also gives you, like, an inspiration to be the best version of who you are. So if you're listening and you hear me right now, just know that I'm at my best version of myself right now, and I met you again at the best time when you're at the best version of yourself, bro. Keep on, uh, keep on having faith that you'll grow as well as I'll grow. Hell yeah, bro! I appreciate that a lot. And man, that was that was such a great guest, man. And it was so different than a lot of the other podcasts that I've had too. And as always. Like I always say all the time, you're enough, you're loved, you're wonderful. If you're not, keep on doing it because that's okay. It's all part of the process. Good morning, good evening, good night, good afternoon, good lunch, good breakfast, good dinner. 
If you don't eat, you don't eat. Good midnight, good afternoon. And I'll just say, this has been your host, Scorch Camel. This is another wonderful episode of Nosh Posh. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for having me on. And thank you for putting me on. Thank you for Mr. Goodface right over here. All love, bro. That was what's up, man. This was a really good one. And it was, like, chaotic, too. That's what was good about it. Controlled chaos. Controlled chaos. And that's, that's sort of the theme of the message, I guess you could say, for this one. We went full circle. Hell yeah. I love y'all. Let's have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen.